You're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for curious creatives and nano entrepreneurs who seek knowledge, purpose, and community. Hello Francis is brought to you by the creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy. Our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors candidly share their diverse wisdom and experience. We do all of this in less than 30 minutes. Let's get started. Hello, you're listening to Hello Francis. I am usually your host, uh, Chantel Dedeke, but we're going to reverse some roles today. We have, I'm sure you guys remember Meredith Freeman was our intern this past summer through the, I hate to use the word, but unprecedented COVID-19 shutdown year. She was the brave intern who joined us and really was our guinea pig through this whole thing, but she's back for an assignment, right, Meredith? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, We're so excited. Yeah, I'm in a class in FSU. It's kind of the capstone of the public relations program. So one of our assignments is interviewing just some industry professionals about some things that we want to learn from them. And so I'm so excited to be back with FRA for just a minute this morning. I know. I was telling the team, they were like, okay, so what's this episode? I'm like, well, actually, Meredith is going to interview me. And we just thought, she and I thought it would be a really fun episode because mentoring and internships and just kind of the whole process, the way that we mentor up and down at FRA is an ongoing behind the scenes thing that I think it's not just important to our culture, but is important to all work cultures is that you adopt some sort of like fostering and growth environment. So it would be really great for our listeners to hear what, how that is full circle. And that when you guys leave us, you don't really leave us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I know I find myself in classes and my professors are like, okay, give us a time when you saw this in practice or tell us about your industry experience. And I'm always like, well, I was at Francis Roy for a summer and I learned this thing and this is what, you know, so it really does come full circle. And I loved so even just the short time this summer, the relationship of being mentored, but also getting to share my own experience. And it's just so cool. It's so cool. It went by fast, no? Like it did. It was crazy. It's almost a year ago. Well, I'm really excited to to give you the reins here. This is your uh, show today. And so I here for whatever you need. All right. Well, let's get into it. One of the reasons I reached out, one of the whole things behind this interview was um, in this class at FSU, we've been talking a lot about the ideal characteristics of public relations practitioners. And really, I think that extends to anybody in the communications field, marketing solution is just coming up with solutions for clients. And we've really centered on this theme of trust and transparency in the workplace. And that was really one of my favorite things about working with Francis Roy this past summer was experiencing that culture, especially with COVID and everything that was going on I got to see a lot of that culture of valuing trust and transparency within the team and then with you and your clients. So I I kind of wanted to talk to you about that. How has your commitment to these values of trust and transparency served you well? Well, that's such a great uh, question, Meredith. So you, you got to be with us during a year where number one, none of us had ever experienced during that time. And you know, the, this and the whole world is kind of doing it at the same time. So we certainly had nothing to compare it to. But what was great was our foundational core values really held us through the year. So we work really hard to be transparent. And 
And Greg and I were very transparent about our business as well. You know, we have a weekly call with the team. We establish regular communication. We, there were times where we just weren't sure, you know, if we were going to make it, if we weren't going to make it, if our clients were going to make it, you know, if they weren't. And what we needed to do at, together, what we needed to do as owners, but what we needed to do together in order to, to kind of flourish. And we flourished through this year, which to me, that was the end result of trust and transparency. You know, our philosophy it, from a public relations perspective is tell it fast and tell it true. And mm. To me, everything comes down to truth in the end. And truth can be subjective. We've learned that from this year as well. What one person knows to be true can be different from what another person knows to be true. It had surfaced to me as an overall theme for 2020, not just through COVID, but like politically, culturally, career. I mean, we just saw it from like a family values perspective, from a core value, you know, a corporate values perspective. It was like, Everybody is so innately different, but we can only speak our truth. We can only offer our transparency as we know it. And that has been a guidepost for us. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. I love how you said too, that it stemmed from your core values. It wasn't, Mm -hmm. you know, we talk so much about like pivoting this year. I think we need a new word for that, but, Mm um, you didn't, it wasn't a huge shift. It's FRA has always had this culture. And so you just brought that into everything that 2020 brought. Yeah. So, you know, our core values, our first core value is family first for me. And I know for all of us that that really serves as a reason to always be truthful and honest and transparent because you tell the truth to your family, right? They know you more than anything. I mean, we have this it's a little cliche, but when people say like work family, some people roll their eyes and no one on our team does that, but I'm saying like subjectively, some people are like, uh, you know, I see all these like funny, like TikToks now of like younger people are like, oh yeah, they call it a family. I mean, you know what I mean? But for us, we're a family owned agency. And one of the main reasons why we started the agency is because Um, as Greg and I worked in other positions, you know, he worked in the air force and I worked in uh, corporate positions. We were not able to put our family first. And so we really wanted to create an environment where we could put our nuclear family first that evolved into putting our work family first as well and giving them the opportunity to put their family first. So for me, it was like, what was a no brainer, right? Because truth and transparency and family, they all are intertwined. And we just had that foundational core to guide us through. I love that. It's so clear to see, I think, for anyone in the Northwest Florida community, anyone who knows FRA. So I just think it's so cool how it all weaves together. And one thing that, as we've been talking in class about these topics, is cool is that even though this is so core to FRA, it's actually being echoed throughout the industry as well. There's a quote that I'd love to share um, from an Edelman article, and it was published in 2020 in June, kind of right around all of this time. And it said, the battle for trust is actually the battle for truth. And it's being won or lost through earned media and personal experience. If brands deliver on the promise of advocacy and action, then they'll be rewarded with deeper, more resilient relationships with the consumer. And they went on to talk about some statistics about brands who are high trust brands and their customers are more likely to share about them, more likely to really establish customer loyalty. Mm -hmm. So I wondered, are you seeing that kind of effect with your own clients and their brands? 
Um, absolutely. You know, trust is the pinnacle, right? What, what is earned? We talk about earned media a lot, but really the golden goose is, is trust with your client trust that has been developed within your brand. We, I was in clubhouse the other day and I was a part of a conversation that was like branding versus marketing. And, you know, what does that look like? And it's like, well, really strong brands know that what they're after is not the drop in the skillet. You know, what they're after is trust. And if you have a strong brand foundation, your truth is found in the brand. And if your marketing is strong, it, all, those, all the implementations of those touch points, they tell the truth about your brand. It's an activation of truth, which is just like this glorious thing, right? And so Edelman, I'm a huge fan, you know, they're the big dog in our industry, which is great. But it's just something that we all kind of know from the top to the bottom. You know, do you want a client contract? Yes. What keeps it for as long as you possibly can have it? It's the trust, right? So because our culture is so deeply rooted in trust and transparency, we were able to just have these honest conversations with our clients about, okay, where are you? What does our agency need to be for you at this time? Because we're very solutions-based, the obvious is, you know, we have full service marketing and advertising and all of that, which is our elevator pitch, right? You know, we have four core services or whatever, but our talents don't stop there as a team. And so we can truly kind of chameleon ourselves just a little bit and be more. And that's what we had to be. So it was like, okay, well, what do you need during COVID? If asking the questions of our clients, you know, do you really need, you know, blog posts right now? Do you really need this? Do you really need that? What do you need the most? And then just being willing to step up and do what it takes to keep us all kind of like running and going. What was incredibly interesting is that we uncovered some new service capabilities for our agency through that process. But then we also strengthened the bonds of trust with our clients, right? Because being willing to come to the table and say, here is my agility. I'm offering it to you. I know that you need more than what you normally get from us. And then coming out on the other side with our clients for that, not that COVID is over. That's not what I'm saying by any stretch, but we have, we are where we are. Whereas almost a year ago, we were wondering if any of us were still going to be in business, but we are where we are together, right? It's kind of like when you go through the flame together and you come out on the other side, you're like dusting the ash off of each other, but you're like, okay, that you're super strong at that point. And so trust creates a bond, the bond is deepened. And then what you have is like this really strong relationship. It was so incredible to watch that even just a little bit over the summer, but it's really cool to see. I think some people are afraid of that because there's a little bit of vulnerability that comes with being transparent or creating this bond of trust. Like there has to be some vulnerability there, Mm -hmm. but I've, seen FRA just thrive in that. And so it's cool to, to watch that all happen. And one thing kind of on this, this topic of using trust and transparency wisely that really came to head this summer. It was something that stuck with me because I think in communications, there are times when we want to be super transparent and there are times when you kind of have to balance that and be careful with who is it appropriate to share with? How much do I share? And you shared with me something that I'd love for you to expand on. You talked about 
trying to avoid taking a stance on something from a professional platform unless your brand has a specific voice in that space, kind of splitting the personal platform and the professional platform. Can you expand on that a little bit? Sure. So uh, this is a little bit provocative, right? So because there, there are so many issues out there, tons of issues, tons of causes, you know, I guess I'll, I'll use examples that we actually are relative to us, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say like Veterans Day, let's use Veterans Day as an example. Our company is owned 50% by a veteran. It's relevant to us. We understand it as our life. And so if there's an issue that comes up with veterans, we like to join that conversation because we have something to offer. Now there are, and, and I think who we are as a people is deeply tied into our brand. So, and we've talked about this very candidly and openly with our, um, with our team. There are some very large issues that it's not that we're silent on them, but it's like, do we need to leave space for people who have more relevancy to mm. actually join the conversation? For me, that's the priority. It's not that I don't have something to say. I'm a human being. Of course I have something to say, but I am separate from my brand and my brand has no business joining conversations that I cannot add value to. You know, I'm going to leave that space available for brands who can add value in the way that educates us, that informs us, that provides, I, I just, I think provides more than just a vanity, you know, just like a vanity contribution, mm -hmm. you know? So for example, I don't know, you can, something will come up, but you know, I, I could literally think of a thousand, thousand things right now, but it's like, you see all the social media activity, right? People are changing their logos and, and blah, blah, blah. It's not that you don't have a stance, but I think that we have to ask ourselves, like, are we taking up space by trying to capture the metric of the moment, right? So oh, yeah. are we just trying to get the like right now or do we really give a damn? Do we really care? Do we really have something to contribute here? It is an honest conversation. It's a bit controversial. Like, you know, there is a lot going on. There are a lot of political conversations going on right now. And I think people just need to stop and ask, you know, ask themselves for a second. Does your brand have something to offer here? Are they truly providing, providing value? Or are they reaching for the metrics? Because mm. be cautious when you reach for the metrics, you, you lose the genuine nature in which you communicate your brand. And, you know, there's a right place and there's a right time and there's a wrong place and there's a wrong time. Sometimes it's better for brands to be silent and learn and ask questions and offer their strength and their resources in other ways that will provide open space and platforms for the brands who truly have something to contribute. So it is a balancing act, I think. Do we look at the calendar and do we share every single possible holiday and every <laughs> single possible? No, it's for me, it's irrelevant. Right. But, but not everybody agrees with that. And we help our clients as much as we possibly can. But there is a time where you're just like, maybe it's better for you to shut up and listen. We take that to heart, you know? Yeah. I love that perspective. I learned a lot from it. I think as just a young communications mm -hmm. professional right now, you're kind of entering this year and I was looking at 2020 and everything was happening at once. And so it's very easy to get overwhelmed when you're 
for lack of better words, like very naive and new to communicating on behalf of brands and just on behalf of yourself and you know, kind of self advocating into these spaces. And so I learned a lot from your perspective on how to be transparent and how to balance using your voice well. Yeah, I think it's, you know, brands are not people. They're made up of people, right? But they're not, you know, it's it's unfair, I think, to target a brand that is like, let's say I'm not making a stance on X, Y, Z, right? Well, I'm a human being and a person. So if you want to know how I feel about racial inequality, ask me, because I am happy to be transparent about that, my position in, as an individual. Don't look for my brand to make a stand there. You know, we're a small business. I mean, I'm a minority female. I obviously have a business owner. I obviously have some opinions. Are there better people in this community to speak to that platform? And should I get out of their way and not use my influence to clog up the communication channels so that they have the space to do that? Absolutely. You know, and I could be wrong. And most people, a lot of people would not agree with that. And I, I think it's an, it's a healthy dialogue to have. I love it. Yes. So then I kind of wanted to shift gears a little bit from this conversation on transparency to a little bit more on the trust topic. Mm -hmm. There was part of our research we've been doing in class. We've looked at some really cool TED talks on this idea of trust and, and separating trust and trustworthiness, mm -hmm. which I thought was really interesting. <clears throat> It's been interesting to kind of split that up because you talk about putting trust in someone, mm -hmm. but some of these experts have really split that between, is that person trustworthy? And we're seeing kind of a difference. Rachel Botsman talks a lot about this kind of an evolution of trust. And so trust is moving into more of a distributive model instead of institutional. We're kind of putting less of our trust in big corporations and more in person-to-person, small-business-to-small-business kind of atmospheres. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder, like, are you seeing that? Do you, what's your take just on trustworthiness and building trustworthiness? This is a hard question, Meredith. And that's what I love about you. You ask really hard questions. The whole summer, I, I would come home and I'm like, oh, good Lord, Meredith asked me like six hard questions today, which is, <laughs> which is how we mentor back and forth, right? Because the questions mm -hmm. is, that's what keeps our brain sharp and what keeps us going. So I really like this question. Very simply, I think tr developing, earning trust is what I can do. And trustworthiness is something that whether you tell me I've earned, right? So I, I know that what we strive is to create a culture of trust. So that's the work, right? Mm -hmm. That's the work. When, when you apply with us as a, a person who's interested in our company because of our culture of trust, when a client signs a contract with us because of our culture of trust, that is the action that tells me that our culture of trust is landing in the arena of trustworthiness. So I don't think that I can, I ever feel comfortable with telling someone we are trustworthy because that's your emotion, right? You tell me whether we are trustworthy. I am just going to do everything that it takes to be worthy of that trust. I feel like it's very simple in my mind in that respect, but you tell me what you think the difference is. It's funny that you flipped the question on me. I was not sorry. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was like, now I'm in the interviewer chair. So no, 
I really liked just the separation of that. And I think the difference is you can build trust. You can put trust on display, but being trustworthy, like you said, it's from other people. And so you can't necessarily build trustworthiness. Like you can build an ethic of trust and become someone who exhibits, like someone can put their trust in, but kind of like you're saying, you don't get to say like, I'm a trustworthy person. That's for somebody else to establish with you and to kind of affirm that. Um, Yeah. And I don't think people are born with trustworthiness, right? I mean, uh-huh. and so, so thusly brands are not born with trustworthiness. It's the work that we do a really great example. So I was like a horrible high school student. Have we had this hot conversation? I don't think so. Horrible, horrible high school student. I was like, if my teachers are listening, they're laughing right now because <laughs> it's the truth. Horrible high school student. I was like, I class skipper you know I mean it's just like you know all the things that would get pulled you into the disciplinary vice principal office like I was Mm -hmm. checking those boxes girl you know and I I had the vice principal of our high school at the time he was just like Chantel like I know that you're having fun and I know whatever he's like we have a problem though because I can't trust you and it just freaks me out it blew my mind. It was a, it was a shift. It was a pivotal moment in my life because first of all, I didn't realize that all of these actions were breaking trust with someone. I I didn't, I had no idea that that was occurring, but once you are aware that you are not building equity and trust in a relationship, even if that relationship is not necessarily super important to you, it Mm -hmm. like shakes you right? And you never want to experience that again. And it completely changed my life. It completely changed my life. Not immediately, right? Because bad habits are hard to break. However, I, it echoed in my mind, like throughout my life, like, you know, can I trust you? Are you doing what, you know, you need to do? Are you doing the hard work to earn my trust? And I'll never forget that. And I think it's why, the, a culture of trust requires accountability because it cannot just be what we say and what we do. It has to be everyone working together to make sure that we are fulfilling. I don't, I don't love the word promise, by the way. I don't yeah. love the word promise. It, it's not my favorite word, you know, <laughs> but we are doing what we said we were going to do, or we are doing what we, we said we would attempt to do. And I love the call out. I love when somebody's like, hey, but we didn't say we were going to do it that way. And there might be a reason, but let's talk through that and figure it out and then open the lines of transparency so we can communicate with everybody involved. Why we're not trying to break trust here. We're just trying to make sure that we can make it better. And and what's our process for that? And get some buy-in and some investment because a culture of trust requires intense accountability. And, and it requires people to be brave. And I, I think of Kayla, I love, you know, Kayla on our team who started with yeah. us as an intern as well. Kayla has a really great skill set where nothing really holds her back. And she is very willing to kind of be the accountability person, even though she's the most junior person at the table, right? Wow. Uh-huh. To me, that kind of courageous activation is what helps propel along a culture of trust. 
And so you're looking for those people, right? You're looking for those people. And that's how you can ask yourself, I'm building a a culture of trust here. Who's the right fit? You don't look at the person, skin color, education, gender, religious, you don't look at any of those things. Okay. Sometimes you look at education because let's be real. People need to have (laughs) marketing 101 when they come to us, but, but there are these softer skills, you know, the speaking up, the contributing, taking initiative, communicating, those types of things that really help us build the culture of trust. I gave you too much there. (laughs) That was too much. (laughs) I was soaking it in, so like, it's fine. (laughs) You know me, I should wear a t-shirt that just says too much. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I can see that. Well, let's give them like one little thing to wrap up with. For our listeners today, if we're, we're seeking to build this culture of, of trust and transparency wherever we go. Right. What is, and, and one thing I love, you were just talking about this culture of intense accountability and how that builds mm-hmm. trust. So I'm specifically speaking from a perspective of a young professional getting ready to go into the workforce, all of that. But this can probably expand to others of our listeners right now. How do we start taking those steps to to say, I want to make sure that everything I do, I'm becoming this trustworthy individual. You shared that pivotal moment for you in high school and coming out of high school. What are the things that you started doing to build that in yourself? Um, I think it's a baby steps thing. I mean, any type of individual growth, you know, initiative that we take in life is understanding that you need to give yourself a little bit of grace because it's not perfect and you're, you're not going to get it right all the time. So for me, as my journey as a a person is a little bit different than what I look for in other people when it comes Mm -hmm. to trust, but um, I think it's holding myself accountable, you know, having honest conversations and thoughts with myself about what I can do better, but the devil's in the details, right? right? So it's very simple if you're someone that's like, oh, you can trust me to do that, but you've never been, or you've never been on time ever. Ooh. It's like, mm-hmm. well, I can't trust you to be on time. So how can I trust you with this project? You know, the little things break trust and we make tiny promises to ourselves and to each other every day. And we don't think that they're big, but it's the building blocks of trust, right? So you ask me to be somewhere on time. I tell you, yes. If I'm five minutes late, I've broken trust. If, you know, on the same kind of wavelength, if a client is like, oh, um, when can I get, when can you get this to me? And I'm like at, you know, oh, it'll, you'll have it first thing in the morning on Tuesday and they get it in the evening on Tuesday. I've broken a little bit of trust. It may not seem like as big as a betrayal as we think when we think about the breaking of trust. You know, when Mm -hmm. we think about breaking of trust, right? If somebody asks you, what can somebody do to break your trust? You think of these big things. You, you think of like best friends betraying. You think of infidelity. You think of like all of these things. The reality is that trust is broken in the small decisions we make every day. So it's the commitment to showing up, to being there, to saying what we're gonna, we're gonna do what we say we're gonna do, even if it's tiny and minute, because at the end of the day, all those little tiny decisions add up to really big decisions. So sometimes we don't have to think as big as we think we need to. It just goes back to, you know, fundamentally taking these like tiny little baby steps. I mean, and I'm not the expert on trust. 
you know, I don't know anyone that's an expert on trust, frankly, that would be a very interesting conversation, but I do know that I want to be seen as a dependable individual. I want someone to know that when they give me the responsibility of something, whether it is small or whether it is large, I will deliver the exact same quality and commitment on both of those playing fields. And, and that's so important, I think, in life. You know, If you give me an egg and you're like, Chantel, don't break this. And if you give me a million dollar project, you're like, Chantel, don't break this. I want to give you the same amount of satisfaction. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in both of those things, because it's the commitment. It, you're, you're either trust, you're either earning trust across the board or you're not at all. And it's the premise of, I think when you go back to like the golden rule and the fundamentals of life, you know, you can really learn a lot about a person by how they treat the janitor versus how they treat the CEO. Are you consistent? Are you being consistent in the way that you're earning trust? And yeah, in the effort of not making this an hour long, I think that's it. (laughs) I love it. Be consistent, start small. Mm -hmm. So good. I could have just said that. (laughs) You took us on a journey with the egg, the million dollars, it it made it. (laughs) It's good. <laughs> well, I've loved this conversation. Thank this is such Mary. a cool topic. We always have great conversations. So I think one of the best conversations we ever had when we were driving over to the gallery open, we had that like hour and a half, remember? Yes, that was awesome. It was awesome. We were like talking, learning so much from each other. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, it's, it's astounding to me and Mary, when you reach out to me and you were like, Hey, let's do this. And then, you know, you know how we roll. It's like, you ask us to do one thing. It's like, Oh, how do you know, how can we make it more? Let's, you know, uh, record a podcast or whatever. You're so game for that. But I think that you're, you provide so much thoughtful insight. So tell us all of us, what happens with this episode now? So what's going to, how is this going to benefit you? What does this look like in your college journey? Yes. So basically I'll take this, interview and I'll write a short it, I hesitate to call it a paper it's like one or two pages long but a short write-up on what I learned from you and we kind of talk more about the essence of the interview itself than the topic so I'll talk a little bit about what I've learned from you but also what I learned from you as a business person and how did I feel the interview went how did the questions go back and forth how did the conversation flow and then I'll get to kind of share that with my class. I'm definitely going to share the podcast with them so that they can listen. Um, Very cool. Yeah. So you and I, so this is going to drop on Monday and then you and I are going to be in clubhouse Monday, right? At four and we can answer questions. We can continue this dialogue about trust and trustworthiness. I, cause I love that. And I think it's such a, it's a important conversation. So we're going to have after the hello on Monday at four central time. Yes. And uh, Meredith is on clubhouse now. And I think it'll be interesting to get Meredith's perspective to like a Gen Z perspective on clubhouse. Cause I've not seen a lot of Gen Zers on clubhouse and that might be a reason for that. So, <laughs> we can I'm have excited. a conversation. <laughs> and we'll share, you know, Meredith, we'd love to have you with like a guest blogger to wrap this up. Do you want to do that? Yeah, that'd be fine. <laughs> it could even be just your paper if you want. It depends yeah. on what you want to do. 
And so we can definitely talk about that. If you guys have questions for Meredith, because I know you do, you can email them to us, hello at francisroy.com. But really the better thing is to dive into Clubhouse with us. If you need an invite, like we heard from so many of you guys that are not maybe understanding, our, our podcast is not published on Clubhouse. So that's just where we have this kind of like conversation, fireside chat, if you will, on a social platform. But if you need a clubhouse invite, uh, several people on our team have them so we can get those to you. We got Meredith in, so we're really excited about that. But let's just keep talking about this idea of trustworthiness. Meredith and I will both be moderators of that room on Monday and we'll just keep it going. You're a rock star kid. You know, I think that about you. I'm telling you, Meredith, Meredith, when do you graduate? This spring. Can't do it. Meredith graduates in the spring. People are going to be fighting to get Meredith to work for them. I, that's my prediction. <laughs> and Meredith is very specific about what she wants to do. Aren't you Meredith? You're very specific. Yes. And so maybe you're curious about that. Maybe she'll tell you in clubhouse. Maybe she won't. Maybe you'll just find out. Like <laughs> reveal all the, the life plans. <laughs> right. well, you'll find out when she writes her biography about it. So you'll be good. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for this. This has been a really fun exercise, Meredith, and we're so proud of you and we love watching you grow and and killing it at FSU. And we can't wait uh, to celebrate your graduation. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So we'll talk to you guys on Monday. Thanks so much. Sounds great. Mm -hmm.